Hi, welcome to Hollywood Grit. My name is Giles Boquette, and this podcast is about two things. Uh, Hollywood Grit, well, it's about the reality of life in Hollywood, but it means two things. Hollywood Grit is like grit in the sense of true grit, John Wayne movie, you know, courage, determination, I got the grit to face it, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, the other sense is uh, the opposite of Hollywood glamour. Because if you, you know, I was reading this thing about the writer's strike, and there was a guy saying, well, all these writers make $200,000 a year, and they only work 20 hours a week, and, you know. Uh, it's pretty much the opposite. They make 20000 a year and work 200,000 hours a week, or something like that. Anyway, so that's what Hollywood grit means. Uh, this is the first podcast, and we are, uh, well, I am, I am interviewing uh, Colleen Wainwright. Colleen Wainwright is a former working actor um, who did a lot of work in commercials, and she now writes a column on acting for LACasting.com. Uh, I actually wanted to get into the question of why she got out of it, because I think that's something that a lot of uh, actors are too scared of appearing uncommitted to consider the realistic possibility that it might not work out, you know, and to develop contingency plans and ideas of what they might do if that happens. Um, so I wanted to ask her about that, but we didn't get to it because we spent all our time on the idea of marketing for actors, because Colleen wrote a very interesting column for LACasting.com where she said that getting an, act, um, getting an agent is actually one of the last things that you need to do when you're getting started. And this is very contrarian advice, and it was very interesting. And her point was that it's much more important to develop an overall marketing plan and to use actual work to get work, uh, which is kind of a paradox, but that's what makes it interesting. A lot of people you talk to will, or you know, read or whatever, will uh, will say things like, you need an agent to get started, you need to uh, have someone else give you a chance, you need um, to get lucky. And it's really cool to hear this uh, perspective that says, what you really need to do is take responsibility, do something original, and make something happen. I really like that. Yeah, it really appeals to me. In the interview, uh, Colleen mentions, you know, several times getting lucky breaks and absolutely the lucky break is part of Hollywood uh, mythology for a reason it is something that does exist but it happens to people who are taking the steps to be ready for it when it happens and to um, to kind of bring something to the table to begin with so that you're not just sort of waiting for a handout waiting to win the lottery you know I mean it's it's about doing something, so that's really cool. Uh, just one caveat, the interview was recorded at a cafe. You will hear traffic, you will hear espresso machines, you will hear me saying, um, a lot. But I think it's worth it, so here it comes, I hope you enjoy it. Let's try this again. Okay, um, back with uh, Colleen Wainwright, Communicatrix. Uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about um, letters. We were talking about notes to people, and what is we're basically talking about the marketing plan. So what else is there? Right. Okay. Okay. So. So one. So one thing obviously is to literally. I mean, that was what I did. I created these materials so that I could follow up with people. Um, 
What, what are the materials? I mean, there's the, there's the postcards, headshots. there's the headshots. There's headshot on your resume, and at this point okay. now, um, obviously, you need, I think everybody needs a website. Uh, I had a reel that was a real reel, like a little more physical, oh my god, it's on VHS tape, real. Okay. But you don't need that anymore now, you can have just digitized and something DVD on the if web. you want one. Right. Something okay. on the web is the easiest way to do it. But you're just, I'm sorry, you're a moron if you don't have that at that point. It's fine. <laughs> you just are. It's crazy. You're just missing a huge opportunity. If you belong to the unions, I believe you can do it for free on um, SAG site or via SAG site somehow. They've got something. Now Casting has a thing where you can do it. Okay. Our competitors at LA Casting, uh, at least newsletter-wise, they're our competitors. Your competitors, you are... I, 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 my column I write for um, Casting Networks, which okay. is out here in LA. LACasting.com, which LA is the com. major submission service that the casting directors use. Uh -huh. And there are some other services that do it too, but they're all yeah. inferior. Oh, they're vastly inferior yeah, okay. because they don't pay me. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and you, I mean, you can put it on YouTube for that matter. You know, I mean, yeah. you're not going to get great See, this fidelity. This is a huge thing now. You know, I also quality, don't, but, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things I would do now, so the, well, I'm trying to think what else I would do. No, 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 what else did I do? Oh, another thing I did was. <clears throat> And I consider, I mean, it's, it's not really specifically marketing, but in a way, you out there in the world is marketing. In the same way right, that your materials are. Right, the way you are. say hello. Right. right. So you want to make sure that you have all your skills down for when you walk into an audition room, when you are in the room in front of the camera. You want to make sure you have a wardrobe that's good for auditions. You want to make sure you have everything you need to get to all the studios. I would even say things like, I mean, these are like obvious good things to have that don't specifically have to do with marketing, but if you show up on time for an interview, you know, for uh. an audition, that is much better than not. That's better marketing than not showing, than being the guy who does not show up on time. And one of the ways you do that is by knowing when you go to a place for an audition, what what's their side of the street parking situation? Is it one of those places where you go after six o'clock or from four to six that, that you know it's an artery route, you're not gonna be able to park? I mean, literally, things like knowing the parking schema of places uh -huh. I would go audition, I am sure, in some way, some way, shape, or form, affected the way yeah, my affected, impressions. Yeah, right. People. Because if you're all frazzled, right, exactly. and you're playing a calm character, right. it's going to screw with your instrument. Exactly. Now, so it's about knowing these sorts of things too that, that facilitate an audition and facilitate you presenting the persona that you want to present. Now, just going back to that thing about marketing is even something as simple as how you say hello, right? Mm -hmm. If you um, you know spend like ten thousand dollars on amazing, beautiful postcards that mm -hmm. actually have you know pop up paper craft or something, right? You, know, you are so, rich if you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, but it's, say you're doing like some, <laughs> This is you know, a hobby if you're doing that. <laughs> right, right, but you're doing some kind okay. of like super like marketing right. blitz, right. right? But you're like a dickhead when you walk in, yeah. right? That is actually very, very bad marketing. Oh, right? it's terrible because they're going to remember you and they're going to remember you as the dickhead. Right, right, they're, they're not going to say... You're drawing attention to the fact that you're a dickhead. Exactly, right. That's right. like super bad marketing. That's yeah. like probably an example of the worst kind of marketing. <laughs> Getting people to know absolutely for sure that you're the guy they never want to hire. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's really bad marketing. Effective marketing, but bad. Effective, but bad. So, I mean, it's much more important to go in and say, you know, hi, this is me, and be like chill, right. and someone that people can feel comfortable with. Right. Right. Exactly. So, you know, really, marketing starts with having a good attitude yes. and being professional and respectful. Yes. Right. That's a really good way of putting it. Okay. So I wanted to underscore that because, you know, I don't know if this is the case with actors, but I know that uh, with programmers, if I mention marketing, right, they're like, oh, marketing, evil, advertising, yeah. deceiving people, and it's not about no. that. I mean, like, just... I, Communication. You it's know, expressing yeah. yourself. 
Okay, um, I want to go back to a couple things. I wrote these down because I wanted to remember them. Okay. Um, I don't know why I wrote that one down. <laughs> Buy eggs. <laughs> Buy yeah. Like, but this one, uh, you know, making sure your skills are ready. Yes. Now you you took some time. You didn't say, okay, I'm going to go out on auditions. You said, okay, I'm going to go to class. Well, I wish I could say I, did, I took time off and I didn't go okay. out on auditions. But I'm afraid I went on auditions and I was bad. Oh, and bad. then you realized that you... Yeah, and I, I, I'll okay. be honest. I mean, I tried... I, I wasn't in the position where I was going to get a lot of fake auditions anyway. Okay. Um, so, yes, I continued to audition. The few times a year I was going to go out for certain things wasn't that big of a deal. But I absolutely uh, started... I assiduously applied myself to becoming a better actor while I was going out to do that. Now, commercial auditions, like I said, I had this background in advertising. It's not rocket science. Most commercials don't require that much acting. Uh -huh. I hate to say it, but it's true. It's mostly about you know knowing how to deliver something quickly or not you know knowing your lines and not bumping into the furniture. You know. And, and that's things. why you know what I hear is that commercials are actually a pretty good way to place to start. Very because good of way that. to start. Right. It's a good way to learn. Uh, and I think also I didn't do this. I wish I had. Frankly, as a lot of people will do background work for a little while just to get the feel of a set, which I think is an excellent idea if you have no experience really? on a set. That yes. is an excellent idea. Yes. Okay. Even if you do, I mean, get on a, get on a good set. I've heard people saying that it's a bad idea, but I also know that Brad Pitt long. did it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people have done it. I would say do not do it. Set yourself a amount of time sure, to do it for. Sure. Three months, six months, whatever. I want to be on six shows, a or time six limit. sets, right. or whatever it is. You don't need many sets to be on before you before you get the basic idea. Don't, if you're going to do it, don't go with the book and sit there and stick your nose in it. I mean, if you don't want to be obtrusive, but pay attention and see what's what's what, and learn what you can, and get out because you're right. You, you get either on a background track or an acting track. Right. Right. So, okay. But that's um, another way of sharpening your skill set and orienting yourself if you don't know. Because okay. I made some huge mistakes on TV sets that I wouldn't have made if I'd known how to do it. Because you were just unfamiliar with the environment. I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I was used to being What's an example? What's an example? Oh my God. So that was the most embarrassing moment of my stage TV life. Oh, we, 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 uh, those are great stories. Yeah. Especially if it's like, you know, I, I looked like an idiot in front of William Hurt or something well, like that. Well, it was Ellen you know, DeGeneres. Something. Okay. Yeah, so it was on Ellen's show. She's, she's before yeah, the talk oh, yeah. show, right? Her sitcom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ellen. I, I auditioned Ellen. It was called, first it was called These Friends of Mine, I think, and then it was uh, called Ellen because that was a really bad name for a show. <laughs> uh, and Ellen was a much better name. But anyway, so I was on the show and I was hired. I had auditioned for this. It was, I don't know, it was a one, literally one line role. Okay. And there was a big crowd scene that I was a part of, but I had one line. So they stuck me in some other scenes, which was fine. It was no big deal, although I was a little prickly because I'm like, I'm an extra. I'm a. You know, I have a, <laughs> I have a, a I have a trailer. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I did this and that. But I'm used to, and you know, Alan's funny, right? I'm used right. to improv. I came from improv. I literally was cast or got this audition because of Groundlings, because okay. of Tammy Bullock, the casting director, seen me in Groundlings. So I'm there. And I'm in the scene where I'm not supposed to say anything because I'm basically, you know, an extra in that scene. And she comes by and with her tray, and she's you know offering something, and it, it, it is a funny line. It's rumaki, you know, uh, which rumaki, yeah. you know what that is? It's like some kind of vegetable. It, it's um uh, bacon wrapped chicken liver. It's absolutely disgusting. You gotta be kidding! No, I'm not. It was a big appetizer back oh in the 50s. God. Well, obviously it's a punchline now, right? Right, right. Okay. Back in the 1950s, right. it was a big, you know, very stylish appetizer. I know, organ meat wrapped in <laughs> oh <my laughs> wrapped God. in pig fat. Um, but anyway, so that was the line. And so I said, when I got it, I, okay. you know, I was like, how would I respond to this or whatever? I'm going to play along. So I'm like, hey. you know, I did like a whole thanks routine. And when I did it for her, did, did Ellen first time, were, she didn't say anything, but the shock that registered on her face was just 
unmistakable, and I was like, uh oh. Whoops. And one of the extras next to me who had become friends, you know, we sort of become pals, she's like, oh, make it up your own dialogue now, huh? And I'm like, I, I didn't even, I still didn't rock it. Right. Um, okay. So we went through the whole thing, and, and then at the end, there's a horror, it never quite worked. The scene just never worked. It, I think it was the way it was set up. But I had one line. You couldn't even see me when I said it. My hand goes up in, in the very back of a huge crowd, and I say a little line, and I get a big laugh. Well, I did it, and I got a laugh, laugh every time with the studio audience. When it finally aired, and it was a real problem that Robbie Benson was the director, who was having all moving everybody around, and it was just a nightmare. It was like, you know, it's trying to, what do they call it, try, herding cats, trying yeah, to move okay. all these people around on the stage. It was just not working sure. out. So I think that in people. their mind, it was just, oh my God, it's that one episode we had that was such a nightmare. And I swear to you, I became the whipping boy for it because when it aired. And we had this. Extra and it was all her fault. <laughs> she said yes when I when Ellen offered the remote. And after that, it was cursed. It was. It was like downhill from there. <laughs> and it was so weird because when the show aired, they dubbed my line. They really? had actually dubbed my line. Now I still got paid for it because oh, that's how okay. it works. But I was devastated. And it took me like a while to sort of put it all together and realize, oh, I just didn't know how to behave on a set. And so it was a major faux pas, but you had no idea. I had no idea. So don't be me. In improv, it wouldn't have made a difference. No, and you're right. supposed to do it in there. You're supposed to yes and in improv, right? Right, right, so right, right. You're not supposed to stand there just take something. You're supposed to bring something to the party. So do not be that asshole like I was. <laughs> Your job is to not be that asshole if you want to be asked back in another career. Okay. And that, okay. that is, without a doubt, my worst story. So, so we put that on the list of don't be an idiot. It goes, don't be an idiot, don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> don't be an idiot, don't be an asshole. That's a pretty good but, rule you know, to live I by. Mean, <laughs> a, less, a less judgmental way to put it is to you know, find out yes. what what's different about these right. environments when you go in. Exactly. Right. Don't assume. Never assume. So what was it like auditioning for that part? Right. I mean, you went through a bunch of auditions for that? Like, what was that like? I had a pre-read. I just got the one line. I had a pre-read, and, and it was basically the casting director was terrific. She's so nice, uh -huh. Tammy Bill, uh, feeding me the line, and then I replied. And that was my audition. That was the whole audition? Yeah, and then I went back to the producers, and I just read the line, and... <laughs> and you said the and line. And I replied, and they all laughed. I mean, I had a pass muster with the producers, you know, the, To say one line. To right. say one line. Okay. At one point during the show, well, during the run-through, before I was the pariah, uh, Ellen actually said to me, because we'd run through the thing a couple times. Before your fall from grace, exactly. right. Exactly. She said to me, she looked at me at one point, and it was very funny, she said, you actually had audition for that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> she had, oh, she did God. have a sense of the ridiculousness of it all. She seemed like a nice lady. So, going back to this thing of, yeah. you know, the, you know, getting your skills ready before you go in the door, that's yeah. like, uh, kind of a big question that I have because, you know, on the one hand, yeah, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, right? I get up and I make a total idiot of myself in class, right? right? On the other hand, you know, um, one of the guys that I was in class with, uh, I did an improv class where I was in class with someone who was in John Cusack's first movie. Mm -hmm. It was one of those like nationwide talent searches, and he was in a, a feature when he was 17, mm -hmm. right? And then uh, he did like a little more acting, and then he was like, "Okay, I'm going to do something else, right?" Right. And he went off and worked in advertising, with, you know, and uh, did some other stuff. And now he's kind of interested in getting back into it. Mm -hmm. But that was in the '80s. He was 17 or 15 or something like that. You know, now it's a completely different, you know, image. You know, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, I was like, you know, what I'm doing is I'm, you know, learning it, and then I'm going to start going on auditions. And he's like, "Don't wait too long," you know. 
and you know, on the one hand, I mean, I, I'm still like not going out on auditions. I'm still just taking classes and you know interviewing people to find out what I can find out. Right. But you know, I mean, how do you balance those two things? Like, is it better to just jump in, or is it better to do research, or does it depend? I think it's everybody's different. I yeah, would, I would, yeah. I definitely go along them. You're never going to be completely prepared. Right. You're just not, you're, and you and some people will feel ready before they should, and some uh, people like you have a feeling will wait longer than they will should. wait longer perhaps than they should. Um, there are things you can do to increase your confidence level. What I also did, which people are stunned to find out, I still for, for stuff like I didn't do it for this interview, but say I did a I did a blogger stand up thing uh, about a year and a half ago. Blogger stand up? Yeah, Shane Nickerson put together this fantastic evening about LA bloggers. Oh my uh, god, reading you... stuff. It was great, and Will Wheaton was there, and all, all these people, you know, because Will knows Shane from there, and uh, okay, okay. B- a bunch of people, Annie Sturditch. And... I, I got I to gotta get in that loop, because that's, you know, another thing that I do is blogging. Well, I'm, there you I'm go. I'm totally loving it, but uh, anyway. Anyway, but Shane's now, he's like kind of over it. He's like, I can't do it, my dad twice over, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but um, I got coached on it. I mean, I was reading from my own blog. From your own blog, right. Reading with it there in front of me, in my hand, and I got coached. I worked on it for like few hours myself just uh-huh. the performance of it and worked on it with my coach to now, do that okay, and did you, you go to that. like a standard acting coach or what uh, I have not well he's actually, he doesn't live here anymore unfortunately he moved to Vermont with his partner but um, he, yeah a standard acting coach I mean really if you look at it pretty much anything you're going to do it's is, an ex, is a right. deli- it's an expression of who you are it's finding those emotions and having those objectives and that's the other reason why like you know having a good attitude is very important because you're supposed to be able to cultivate an attitude right right you're supposed to be able to say okay you know what i mean like if you're presenting yourself in a particular way that's like a deliberate thing if you're an actor yes and you yeah. better understand the difference between you at zero and you at 160, or you at 40, or you at whatever. You sure, know? sure. You need to be like able the ability to, to be there to shift into those other emotional spaces. Right, right. And I think you know if if this is what you do, you know, presumably if you're an actor, you do this all day, every day, and it's something you just do. Right. Right. And to not be able to do that simple one of just like, hello, how are you? Right. Yeah. Well, and it is harder. I will say it's harder to do because those programmers don't time. care. They don't care. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like. <laughs> You hang out with programmers, and you know they, they, we don't have to wash our hair. We don't have to wear clean clothes. Yeah, I you know, know we, we can swear at each other. You yeah. know, I mean, it's it's and not like I mean, people in Hollywood, of course, swear at each other. But you know what I mean? It's like a, those a different world. Yeah. yeah, those niceties. Like you know, I mean, it's generally considered like if a programmer does you know leaves the house and isn't in the basement, you know, that's like a huge like concession. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's a totally different thing. Anyway. Yes, it anyway. is. But yes, I would say the short answer to that is yes, go out and get whatever you need to get out there and start auditioning. Because, you know, here's the other thing. Look at some auditioning as practice. There's nothing wrong with going to um, uh, college or grad student auditions, film school auditions, uh-huh. as practice. Those are That's auditioning. Take it seriously. Go in there and, you know, look at, do it like you would be, you're going there to audition for a big part in a film. In a you know big commercial film uh-huh. and treat it seriously and you will start to get the experience so you'll learn things now you don't learn and then when you go for the other auditions you you'll know it what you're doing it won't be quite as bad yeah right it won't be it quite as painful it get, it, the more you do it like anything else the easier it gets uh, right. I, I wouldn't say I ever was totally cavalier about auditioning but it, absolutely when I was going out you know five six times a day four or five times a week it was you get in a groove you know uh-huh. work begets that's why work begets work work begets work. Um, and if you think about old-time actors, they were in theater, they were in repertory companies where they performed, you know, twice a day, every day, or three times a day, every day for six days a week. 
so they just were working that muscle all the time. If you're not, you need to just figure out other ways to do it. Class is one way. Mm -hmm. Specialized workshops are one way. Not where you're not where you're trying to get up in front of people to get a job or to show yourself off, but literally where you can get in and work. You can have reading groups with people. Get together with your friends and read plays. It sounds or screenplays. It sounds so stupid and simple, but it really works because it keeps you thinking and it keeps you used to interacting with other people, right. dealing with right. the tools of your craft. Right. You expose yourself to that, and it makes you think about that. Right. Right. And you put yourself there, and you, you know you get your reflexes. If you're not getting out as an actor, doing at least one thing a week, you're, I, I have you to say to. you're not an actor. Right. You're really not, because you, that's part of it. I can go in a room and write now, or do graphic <laughs> right, design by right. myself, and I like it. But, but you can't, you can't, can't do, do that, that as an actor. actor. You right. have to be in front of other people acting. And acting with other people mm -hmm. in most cases. Yeah. yeah. I got a question about that, actually, because uh, I have given much less attention to monologues than I probably should, mm -hmm. and it's just because right now it seems to me like what I need to do is learn how to act, which is like dealing with other people. Monologues don't really seem like that. I mean, they're you know they're good. Like Alec Baldwin and Glenn Garrigan, Glenn Ross. That's amazing, right? You oh, know, yeah. But, it's about as good as it gets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's times when you can say a monologue is an incredible thing, right. but it seems like are those important monologues, or do they? Do they oh, seem I think to come so. Up? Absolutely. They okay, they are. I, I would say. I mean, look at it this way. You still have to express emotions. You're still, you are still dealing with someone. You're still trying to convince someone of something. They're just not right there with you. Okay. Right there. So no, you're not having that dialogue interplay, but, but you're absolutely still... having an emotional exchange. Okay. If you're just having it in a vacuum, then you're not acting like you said anyway. Right. The monologue right. shouldn't be that. You right. are playing with another character, so they're just like I said, they're just not there. I think it's a great way to practice, and I think probably sadly actors have gotten away. You know, all actors used to have two comedic monologues and two dramatic monologues, one classic always and one modern, ready, job ready to go all the time, uh -huh. and always working on them and always looking for new material. And I mean, you got to figure in this town, one out of a thousand actors has four monologues. Seriously, <laughs> really? and most of them are in theater. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, theater, actually, that's one of the interesting things about Los Angeles, right? When Before I moved here, uh, I, I was always interested in, in Hollywood. I was, like, writing screenplays at 19, like, you know, living in, like, a slum to do it. Right. right? But, like, I never wanted to move to Los Angeles because the image I had of Los Angeles was so different from the reality. Yeah. Like, when I got here, I was like, oh, wow, you know? Like, one of the first things I saw, someone had the, the L.A. Times, and there's a, you know, full-page ad for Alfred Molina and uh, Annette Bening in, I don't know what, like... Ibsen. Oh, I think it was Ibsen. Oh, I thought... Or I don't, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But it was, it was like six the, months ago, like a year ago. Yeah, Because yeah, we, did, we wound Ibsen, up doing uh, a much better production at Chekhov. the Edmonds Room. <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly. <laughs> I, didn't, oh. I didn't see both, but a lot of people saw both like, oh, no, that really? was better. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Well, who knows? Well, who knows? But I mean, the thing that, you know, oh, wow, yeah. you know, it suddenly, it suddenly dawned on me, you've got... Oh, all these actors That's in one right. place at one time. And they want to work. There's going to be theater. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it never really, occurred to me. You know. There's egregiously bad theater out here, yeah. but yeah. there's also some really, really top-notch theater. It's, it seems like of, there's more filtering. Like in Chicago, there's a lot of theater, but everyone who's in theater in Chicago is for theater. Right. Because right, that's where I come from originally, is Chicago. As do I. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no kidding. Yeah. Hey, cool. Yeah, there you go. The, uh, the guy I was talking about, My the son. John Cusack uh, movie, Yeah. he was also from Chicago. I kind of figured... You know, I went to school with Ann and Joan. I did not know that. Yeah, Ann was in my class and Joni was a year younger. Wow. Yeah. Trier? Evanston. Evanston. Oh my god. <laughs> I grew up, uh, do you know where the Dyke Stadium is? Oh yeah. You know, for the Chicago, oh, yeah. uh, for the Northwestern? Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, literally across the street. In high school, I lived up on Sheridan's place, oh which is God. right across from um, National College of Education. Oh, okay, okay, you know, awesome. Right awesome. by the Baha'i Temple. Oh, no, oh no, it's no, old no. home week here. We used to here. walk over there, that's crazy. <laughs> we used to walk our dogs by the Baha'i Temple. There you go. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> how crazy so, yeah, is that? in Chicago, everybody, uh, everyone does theater because that's what there is. There's just not that much other, right. you know, there, There's work. a movie every five years. Yeah, there's a movie, and yeah, there's, you know, there's years. some commercial work, and there's definitely some voiceover work, a lot of voiceover work. A lot, work, yeah, yeah, radio. Um, but, yeah, there's just not that much, so everybody does everything, right. which I think is great training. Yeah. And I think it's also great because they do theater there. You're not expecting someone to show up and see you and discover you. I think there's that right. weird they're, thing they're here. They're just doing it to you do always it. always feel like it. Everybody always feels like if I do I'm this play, it'll audience. be my break. This right. play will be my break. This this thing will be my break. And it's like, you know what? Give it up. Uh -huh. There's no way to control it. Yes, it might be, but we probably won't. And you're just now, would, you, would you say that you ever had a break? Or is it more that you were doing something systematic and eventually it started to take hold? I, I mean, I, I would say definitely I had breaks. Really? So okay. Well, sure. I mean... Think about it. Like you said, what the hell was I doing in the ground lease? When you look at the, the credentials of the people that I was in that class with, they had been working their asses off. They'd gone to school for acting, a lot of them. Uh, one of my writing partners, Anna Gasteyer, was like, I mean, amazing trained singer and great performer, and I went to Northwestern, blah, so blah, So it was blah. a break. It was a huge break. It was a huge break. Right, I didn't okay. even realize. I was just having a good time. And at some point in the process, I realized, oh, wait, this would be good to be an actor. <laughs> I would like this. I think I would like this. So I started doing it, and I, I mean, I got really lucky uh, to be in the right place at the right time. But it wasn't because I was looking for a break, it was because I was doing what I loved. Uh -huh. I was in improv classes because I was a writer and lonely and tired of being in my apartment by myself, and I needed to get out and be with other people, and I thought, well, this will be a good, fun way to play. So, yeah. So it's interesting because uh, I started taking acting classes, like, mostly for the same reason, because yeah. I, I wanted to write screenplays. And you know, I was like, well, I don't really know how to, like, make a good character. You know, maybe I'll learn. It's the best way this. I think all writers should take an should acting take class. Acting classes, yeah. And I don't just mean go to class one day. I mean, right. you should take class for, like, a year, year and a half with a good teacher because you learn things about character motivation and all yeah. that sort of stuff that you just can't learn as a writer. I just yeah. Yes, you can observe human nature and the really great writers out there will figure it out, but most right. of us need to get kind of get down with the whole process. Right, right. And I'm sure even like the, you know, the natural who just pegs it without trying, right. like even that person will benefit once they start going to, you know, when they start working with actors in their life. Absolutely. Right. Right. So uh, let's go on this whole, oh, wardrobe good. I remember why I read this down. Um, what does that mean, wardrobe good? I mean, basically oh. something that fits your type. Yeah, I mean, I would say, okay, I was going out for commercials. Okay. You do have to have more of an extensive wardrobe to do commercial auditioning because they expect you to show up a lot of times with, you know, in a lab coat or whatever. I mean, not okay. everybody does, but you're supposed to dress but if to there's, suggest... But if there's an audition where it's appropriate to show up in character, it would be a commercial. Right. And what, more likely. Right, yes. You, and you need to just, even, even if you're going to go for regular stuff, you want to make sure you are showing up looking like the person they want to cast. So you don't want to you don't want to come in as a disconnect. So if you want to be a Gucci mama on your own time, sure, you're sure, sure you're not going to run into people in the industry, <laughs> go ahead and be a Gucci mama. But if you look like a suburban mom... I, I was planning to be a Gucci mama, actually. Well, yeah, that was on my list. You right look now. cute. <laughs> wig and heels, I think. Yeah, uh, maybe at Bernie Man. No, 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 
Right, anyway, go ahead. So yeah, I think that's, I mean, what I just had made sure was, even though I got it, I mean, I think I finally burned the khakis at the end of the uh, right, right. There was a horrible time when the uniform was every casual mom who showed up, we either casual moms or gap casual moms, we would show up in, it was khakis and a white t-shirt and then some kind of denim or colored overshirt. Uh-huh. And every single and woman in the room was a uniform. Specific. Yes. Right. So you just need to know, you need to keep like, your eyes like open. Like working at McDonald's, right? Yeah. Yeah, or, or like Best Buy where you can show up in anything mm-hmm. blue, mm-hmm. you know. But I would have to have, you know, it's like there's certain things that you know you're going to have. There's archetypes in commercials like the person, you know, you'll need some kind of a polo shirt, like an unbranded polo shirt. That There's always things like a clerk or this or that where you're supposed sure. to show up in a, where you're supposed to be a Best Buy person. Where you would need a blue thing. polo. Exactly. Right. So it's kind of useful to have like a whole variety yeah. of normal clothes. Yes, have them in good condition, and you know, uh, the other thing's weird is have if not pajamas because sometimes they will ask you to show up in your pajamas. You need something that's pajama-like to show up in. So get your, get yourself a robe you can go to auditions in. It. I know it sounds so stupid, and believe me, it is. I'm embarrassed I ever asked people to do this as a copywriter, <laughs> but there is a certain expectation that. And so you, you, so you, you could like be in a situation where you walk into a room and you're the only person not wearing pajamas and it's 2 p.m. Yeah. Right, okay. And, and you need to be prepared for that. And you'll feel weird. Right. Because right. you're the one not dressed in pajamas. Go figure. Right, yeah. right. And you don't want to be that person who mm-hmm. is the only person there and not asshole. wearing pajamas. Don't be that right. asshole. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, I think, I think we're... we're Getting to uh, you know we're, we're flagging here you know it's like an hour and a half. Yeah, there's a lot of. You might want to break this up. I probably will. Yeah. <laughs> it's really long. Do you do you want to do like a, a summary on the the marketing like what, what would a marketing plan for an actor look like? Just right, like real like, quick like quick wrap up. If you want to set yourself up as an actor, uh, there are certain books you definitely want to read. Like you mentioned Bonnie Gillespie. Bonnie Gillespie. Her book is excellent, excellent, great foundation the, for uh, that. Casting Q&A. Uh, casting Q&A. Casting Q's and acting cues. Acting cues. They're yeah. both uh, really good for actors. So you want to familiarize yourself with that. But I would say if you want to set up a marketing plan, you want to pick a goal. What do you want to do? Be realistic about the goal. Then you want to. Realistic and specific. Yeah, realistic and specific. Something actionable. An actionable goal. I'm going to work to be a working actor in X. X amount and of then time. work backwards from there and start figuring out what you need to do for that. Uh, one of the okay. things is figuring out what your type is. That's your brand. As an actor, you are a brand, right. Right. and so you need to be consistent with that. You need to have the wardrobe for that. You need to have the haircut all the time for that. You need to, if you're a man, you need to walk in with the right facial hair length or that kind of thing. Sure, I mean, sure. These are like little don't don't be scruffy if you're going for a clean cut. Type. Exactly. And if you're right. going to be a hoodlum, don't come in looking. You know, yeah. you don't want to shave that thing off. Yeah, and and also be realistic. I mean, like based on my look, probably hoodlum would be playing against type. Right. right? You you might get a chance to play against type someday, right. but what you want to do to, to, to win the bread and butter is pick you know, the path play of, the of least resistance for right. God's sake. Do yourself yeah. a favor. Don't don't swim upstream. Right. right. Uh, so okay. that's number two. The this next thing part. is to figure out how you get the word out there. Okay. And there's a number of avenues right now. You have to have a web presence. Absolutely. Um, and I don't. And by and that I don't. Do you know? Um, I mean, it sounds like what we should do is find like a really good like graphic designer who does web pages. <laughs> Don't come to me. You can't afford me. I do know people I can send you to if you're interested in there. Plenty of great templates. You okay, don't okay. need a fancy page to do that. Uh, but a web presence is critical. And there's a lot of things about the web that you can do now that are going way beyond having your reel and pictures and stuff on there. That's the absolute minimum. But I'm talking about... You a presence on MySpace or something. Presence on MySpace. Create YouTube videos. Find the things that interest you and start getting your name out there. And again, pick one 
handle for the internet and be consistent with it so that every place you leave a comment on every blog, so that every place you go, you leave this trail that's you, you, you. And it all points to where you, you are. You would like, especially if you have a plain name, uh -huh. you want when somebody does a Google search for you to come up for the first five pages. I mean, that's, if, right. you, if you Google my name now, I will come up, I swear to you, for like the first 25 pages. It's insane. Uh -huh. and it certainly wasn't that way when I started. Um, the next thing is you, you should also look um, to print. What kind of things can you do in print? That means getting your, although I know they don't use a lot of physical headshots anymore, you want the best possible headshots. Do not be cheap. Uh -huh. Don't be crazy. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars. But, but, but never skimp on headshots. Do not skimp on headshots. Um, do a lot of research. Talk to your agent if you have one about what's working right now. I went and sat down with my agent and actually made him take me through the shot, headshots of clients that were booking. Really? Yes. Before I went out and got my shots, because I, I and I identified um, certain characteristics that now, were similar. Now this is interesting. Okay, we skipped like the number one thing that we were going to talk about, which is you have this column. It's a really excellent column. I'm going to put the um, put the URL put the URL yeah. either in the podcast itself or you know okay. on the webpage or something. Okay. Um, which is, you know, we didn't even talk about getting an agent, and it's because when you sit down and make a marketing plan as an right. actor, there are a bunch of things you have to do first. Yeah, which right? we're talking about right now. Right, exactly. That's down the road. Don't worry about the agent. They will find, like you said, the agents are, especially theatrically. Uh -huh. Uh, now you said that a lot of time you didn't even get work through your agent. You got work through the stuff you were doing in theater on yes. stage with yes. the groundlings and so on and yes. so forth. I, in fact, people would come to see you and they would go ahead. Yeah, I think I only got one, one TV thing. job through an agent. That's okay. it. Everything else was me. So the vast majority of your work did not come through the agent. Right. So. In a sense, it's really not, um, if you're depending on the agent, that's part of the problem. Yes. I gotta tell you, I don't care how big you are, I don't care if you are, you know, Angelina Jolie, do not, I mean, she's not depending on her, she's out there, you know, probably actively Saving soliciting. the world every single day. Well, yeah, she is. I'm, maybe that was a bad example, but I'm talking about a higher level actor. Sure, sure. You need to be out there looking, always actively developing your own projects mm -hmm. and making your own connections and creating art with your friends and doing your thing. If you are out there doing the thing you love, doing it consistently, and doing it with passion, and doing it that at the highest level, an audience, and that, that will get is you, what gets you. That's work. what gets you because you don't want the person that you have to go chase. Right. Believe me, right. I had a couple of those. Because you've already got enough to do. Oh my God, read the you, column. You had a that couple horror of story. Yeah. Oh my okay. God, it's awful. You can read that in the column. But I, yeah. Okay. Absolutely, get out there and do your thing they will find you. And that's a little different with commercial because that's more of a look. Sure. You do need to have your materials together to go to an agent and then they will find you. So we're like, we're in the sequence, right? Like, I mean, there's yeah. some sequence from, oh gosh, I'm going to go and take some classes. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go on some auditions. I, I need an agent. Well, da, obviously, da, da, da. do like, not... Where do you do it? Like, where, I would say, first thing is I want to be an actor. you got to figure out right, what you want to do. One. Right, step one. Then the next thing is, if you don't know what type you are, spend a little time figuring that out before you do it. Once you... I mean, don't get your headshots taken before you figure out what type you are. Yeah, I did that. That was a waste of $300, oh let me tell I've you. I've seen a lot of headshots of people who did not know what their type was. It's like, what do I do? It's kind of funny. <laughs> but it's a very expensive kind of funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so then... It's I, funnier when you have another $300. Yeah, exactly. And you think, what should I spend it on? Not oh, that. Oh, my God. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think that beyond that first thing, yeah. everything else is sort of on an as-needed basis. Okay. You know, it's figure out what you want to do, and then You lose some that, weight and you get new headshots. Exactly. If you want to be, if you're, that's another interesting thing. I've seen, uh, you know that whole thing about the bromide, uh, such a pretty face or whatever? Right, uh, right. Okay. Which is attractive girls, but they'll, they'll be heavy, like overly uh, heavy, perhaps, so 
or obese or whatever, um, that's a real problem. There's not and, a lot and of heavy parts by Hollywood Hollywood standards for heavy about, is not even. No, I'm not yeah. even talking about that. I'm talking about women who are fat, oh, okay. but, but exceptionally attractive. <laughs> ah, okay. Uh, that is a that really, is a really tough situation casting to thing. Right. So if, you're, if you are that, if you have to be realistic, if you've got one of those knockout faces and you are morbidly obese, you're going to have, realist, no seriously, you're going to have a hard time getting work. You may need to either create your own projects or lose the weight because you've mm. got to, you have to have something that's sellable. Because for every, like, for every My Big Fat Greek Wedding, there's a million people who never got any work. Right. Right. And she wasn't even, I mean, I'm not talking, you know. Yeah, She yeah. was in target range. She was right. just, she would be what Maybe you call Maybe at the heavy end of target range. She was like range. a normal, yeah, or a normal, like a normal person. Right. Like right. someone who might be cast as the plump friend or something. Right. But she and, was. And you don't actually have to be plump to be cast as the no, plump friend because no. the camera adds weight. Oh, yes. Magically. Yeah. You know, it's some kind of sinister magic. Evil magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that would be what I would say is, I mean, unfortunately, I wish there was a, a recipe you could give someone, but it's it's more of like a, a module Step by pods. step. At yeah. some point, you're going to need an agent, but it's a yes. lot better to say, I'm working and I need to get more oh work, my God. or I'm working and I need someone to handle the paperwork. Or right? I'm working at, yeah, I'm working at already doing this, I'll keep doing this when you keep getting me this work, and right. you'll help me figure out what else where I'm going to branch into next. Right. I, I mean, mean, the best thing to say to your first agent is, I'm booking jobs without you. Right. 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 And I will give you that commission, and you will now get me additional work that right. will make both of us money. That's what agents are there for. They're there to make money. Right. Because they know that there's tons of people who aren't right. booking work. That's how the system works. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, and uh, I'll I'll send people to that uh, to that link because it's right. a very good column. Oh, good. Um, well, I hope they're useful. Yeah. That's what I and I do get good feedback from people, which has helped me shape the columns and make them more useful. So any feedback anyone has, please feel free to email me. Okay. So we've got oh yeah, your email. Uh, my email is Colleen C O L L E E N at communicatrix.com, and that's C O M M U N I C A T R I X dot com. Okay, and we'll, uh, you know, that's, that's... It's long. It's quick, it's an unfamiliar <laughs> word to most speakers in the English language. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll put that in the podcast, okay. da, da 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 You know, it'll be the links or the screen or what have you. Okay, um, you know, and that's also for the listeners who are, like, scrambling to write it down. Don't worry about it, look at your screen, there it is. Okay. Please or, keep your eyes on the road. Yeah, yeah, I do that, actually. It was very, very <laughs> bad. I was just... There's a, a podcast from New York where they were doing headshot evaluations, right? Oh. And they've got the pictures... You know, and I'm like driving. Oh, no, you are not. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it was stop and go, stop oh. and go on the 405. Yeah, I'll tell you, that it would wind up being stopped permanently. Yeah, yeah, actually, it, it was pretty dangerous. I shouldn't do that. It, it could be worse. I used to read blogs on my sidekick, you know, when I was driving, but I don't do that anymore. Because I'm, 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 I'm responsible. Reformed. Okay. I'm reformed. I've learned my lesson. Um, okay, so let's, I guess we're going to wrap it up. Um, yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, Colleen, thank you for having me on your inaugural podcast. Yeah, and this is uh, the, uh, the debut of the podcast. So Great. It's uh, off to a, a fantastic start. And uh, thank you very much. Okay, and that is actually only part one of the two-part interview. Because even after we spoke, like we were wrapping things up, we went on to uh, a whole bunch of additional stuff. So that'll be, I guess, episode two of the podcast. Um, thanks again to Colleen for that. It's excellent. Also, um, if you go to hollywoodgrit.blogspot.com, you'll find a link to, uh, to Colleen's uh, column. And 
that. Basically, the column describes how her agent, she had one agent during her entire time as an actor, who really did nothing to get her work, and all her work came from her own marketing uh, and from appearing on stage, and so on and so forth. And it's a very, very interesting sort of counterexample to the things you hear about meeting an agent. Uh, also, the image, uh, the picture in the logo for the podcast comes from Eva Zebra on Flickr, and I actually emailed her to make sure it was okay for me to use it. So depending on what she says, we may see this as an ongoing logo or maybe something completely different next time. I don't know yet. Um, I hope it's okay with it. Speaking of credits, I need to take credit for the music. I made this a couple years ago. And I wanted to mention that the podcast I referred to uh, that I was looking at in traffic, although you shouldn't look at it in traffic, you should listen to it in traffic. It's Everything Acting Podcast, uh, which you can find on iTunes or everythingactingpodcast.com. It's a really good podcast. So that's it, and I'll see you guys next episode.